I'm Amber Petty and this is the Silent Generation podcast where I get the honour of chatting to people who have lived through the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s, the 1980s and 1990s and so far 18 years into the 21st century. Now that's a lot of living. I hope you enjoy my guests as much as I have. Well, Anne, first, we might just sort of start by me saying happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. 85? Yes, yesterday. Why? Yes. Well, God, how do you feel? <laughs> well, I, I felt it was, it's a landmark, isn't it? Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do anything special? Yes, had, I had uh, ate too much. I don't usually, I'm careful by thing. No, my daughter took me out and it was a surprise lunch. And I thought it was just going to be her and me, but it turned out and we got there. Both my brothers were there. And with one of them with their wives, and one of the brothers was actually flying out that evening. Oh. But he wanted to because I was, I'm the matriarch of the family. Are you? Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, also, then this, well, I'm telling you about who, who did the top jocular, she's on holidays here from England. Oh. No one, none of us knew, and she came too with her, oh. with my brother, you see, she's her daughter. Oh, so, that's so wonderful. So it was, it was a lovely surprise. Yeah. yeah. We had a lovely meal. Yeah. Does it, how do you feel like, Turning, I mean, because you know, I I know probably the last milestone that I turned was forty, and there's such a lead up to um, you know your awareness of where you're arriving at that age, what's past, how you feel about yourself, what you've got left that you want to do, you know, just all yeah. of those sort of stuff. It makes you kind of take a big stock take. How did you sort well, of? Well, I felt every thing has been good. I've never felt, you know, I've I've done a lot of things. Yeah. Well, things like cycling and doing that sort of thing but no I think till I got to 80 I never thought of my aging is that right because because there was nothing that I wasn't able to do physically that I wanted wow but so that's beautiful because something I'm also aware of and I find really disappointing and actually quite infuriating is the way a lot of women are the ones that that make other women feel bad about their age. And I just can't stand that because I think it is hard enough age. I mean, because there's there's things that you lose and there's things that you gain as you go along in life, as as you would know. But I I can't stand that sort of, uh, oh, God, don't talk about your age. What do you look like? That's another thing. It's mainly that. In this day and age, we didn't think about it so much. But people now are so conscious of their their skin and their body and the you know what I mean. Do you think when, like when you were a young woman, it wasn't as no, we big didn't a deal. see fat people for a start. You didn't fat, see fat. Not people. really fat people. No, not young. You didn't see fat young women or men. Did you? Not? I was in the no. That's true. And I think it's because we. When I came to Australia as a 10-pound pom with my yeah. husband yeah. in 56, the year of the Olympic Games, oh, they hadn't even Melbourne? television Was that here. in Melbourne? Yes, yes, it was, and they didn't even have television here. Wow. And in Melbourne, all the frocks, shops that had it had crowds watching it, and we went to Mansfield. <gasps> That's beside the point. But the thing is, I noticed it was so British, I said to my mother... Um, I can't believe I'm the other... I came out by ship, by the way. We yes, came out by ship then. Yeah. And How long did that take? Was it three months? Uh, no, no. Well, Not no. Uh, we, we'd have been a bit quicker. I think it took a month uh, if you came through the Suez, but the Suez crisis was on when we came. And what was the crisis? Excuse it's, my ignorance. Yeah, well, the Suez crisis was blocked. There was fighting and anything, oh. and so we couldn't... And Britain was involved in it against oh, Egypt. They wanted um, to close it, and Britain had been part of all that. Oh, you see, growing up... In, I grew up in India, too. And I think that's also affected the way I think. 
very, very global. I was 10 years in India, and uh, from when I was 2 till I was 12, because the war started, and we, my father's in the British Army, that's why I was there. And oh, he was stationed there? He was stationed in India. He was a veterinary surgeon. He was, we were Irish by thing, but I was yeah. born in England, and uh, he, I had a very privileged childhood, I must admit. So he, he was a veterinary surgeon? Yes, yes. So was he looking army. after the He looked horses? after all the horses. You see, cavalry when he first went there. Was a huge thing. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh, how extraordinary. So, yeah. so I could practically ride a horse before I could walk. I was put on a horse tiny when I was tiny. Oh, mm. how extraordinary. And so, okay, and so then after um, you were 12... Yes, I went back to... We went to, to Ireland, but we were bo I boarded in England, mm. a boarding school, because in Ireland at that stage you had to be Irish to go to school, and I'd never done the Irish in my life. So I went to a board, very nice, posh, posh boarding school. I had a very privileged childhood, I must tell you. Posh boarding school in England. Yeah. Was, and it was lovely. I enjoyed that. I loved boarding. It was lovely. School. Was it, all, it was a convent. All good, was it? It was a French order. And they're very different from, you hear all this business of the priests and the, you know, doing... But we had, I'm a Catholic, and mm. I'm a practising Catholic still. People yeah. say, how can you with what the priests do? And I say, well, God didn't do it. They're individuals doing it. And not every Catholic did uh, play exactly. a part. Yeah. So, and, and, and Irish Catholicism is very different to British. Is it? How does oh, it differ? Absolutely. Is different. It? But first, the priests don't have that. Because the, British, the uh, priests in England, were when uh, Henry VIII came, they had to hide... They were killed, and they, they, they're much more quieter, and they don't push themselves. So. Uh. And, and it's, um, I've never heard the word, this is funny, this is a thing, I'd never heard impure thoughts till I went, <laughs> till I went to Ireland at 18. And when, when and so who because they made us cover when I went to Ireland, they made us cover our legs because oh, I was I good see. at sport, and I used to wear, I said, in England, I wore shorts like that. And they said, that's And you're immodest. indicating halfway up your thigh. Yeah, yeah. They said, that's immodest. To cover our arms and cover our legs. This is only the Catholics, etc. I said, this is nonsense. <laughs> because I was 18, I was able to say it. I've travelled. I've always been a bit able to speak out for myself, you know. So that all those things affected me. Anyway, and then how we came to Australia. So was, you really, yeah, so you really felt the shame system within well, the... Well, but I just pushed it aside. It. I ignored it. Because uh, when I came to, um, when we went to... To, to, to the end of the railway line, what's Lans Mansfield? We knew that when we were going out. We had a, a thing, and the children used to come. It was fascinating. Came to school and horses and tied up outside the school. They've oh, still got you. that thing there where they did. Anyway, we eventually went to Mansfield, Jim and I. Uh, went to Mansfield. Sorry, went from Mansfield to Echuca. And I was there for over fifty years. So you, sorry, so you, so you ended up marrying um, in England. In England, after the war. I met How in nursing. You? I was. Uh, I was, well, I was a man, 23, 30, I was about 21 when I got married. Yeah. And I was 22 when my daughter was born. And so that was sort of roughly the age. That's what people did have it that's then. That's what, yes. Exactly. And, and you met him through, you were nursing and he nursing. was a doctor? Yes, he was sent to Belfast. He was a, he'd been in the Air Force. And he was, he went joined at 17 and a half, you know, thing. And he was very smart. And he was the first in his family to finish school because they brought free education in. And he got a scholarship all through then. So was his family not very well off? So they well, he was a policeman, his father. But they would all left school. At his brothers, who, her brother and his sister were younger than him. They left school at about 15. That's when you did and worked in an office or something. They were all quite clever, but they didn't have a chance to say. So it, it was interesting. So I met him right when I started. And it was one of those people love, love at first sight. It was. was it? And really? he was seven years older than me. You might say, well, so what? 
but I was a little convent girl at 18, yeah. and he was seven years older, so he'd been in the war. So, so he'd, lived, was, he'd lived a lot of life. He'd, exactly, and I was tiny. Anyway, we eventually... Well, tell me about, sorry, but tell, tell me about when you first saw him, like that love at first sight. How yeah. do you know? Well, because I, I don't I know actually, that I've ever felt that. i tell you, well, I was in Belfast, and I didn't like Belfast much because of the religious bigotry there. There was mm. a lot going on at the, then, and I have, I'm very anti that sort of thing, religion and politics mm. mixing. Well, because, because uh, you know, the IRA, yes. that was the early days of the IRA yeah, yeah. and the split of... That's, it was, it was yes, and there was this Bernadette, what's, I can't remember her surname now, but she led it, she'd been to university. You see, what was changed it, people in Belfast were separated. Yes. You see, the Catholics on one side and the Protestants... In the, other. the other side. And uh, we got into this place we lived because my father was a colonel in the British Army. And so we got, we just by chance, we ended up with all the Protestants. Well, we didn't know that. We didn't know all about that. We bought this house in this area. Did you have to keep and it down? And this clergyman <laughs> turned up uh, to my mother and said, oh, you know, uh, good good morning. Just and checking what you guys are about? It, well, she said, yes, we're new here. And, and my, my mother said, oh, come on in. Because my mother brought us up in India to say, look, I don't care what the, some churches say. You don't go to heaven unless you do this, that, and that. Mm. I believe if you're a good person, and anyone from any religion. So she taught mm. us to teach the Urdu, or the Hindus, and the Muslims, which we had both servants. They lived oh. together. They lived, mind you, in those days together in our compound. And it wasn't don't, a problem. Don't walk uh, uh, across Hindus because if you, you ruin their food. That, that's it. So she said, oh. keep away when they're eating. So respect that. Well, respect. Yes. That was what we were taught. Yes. And everyone's as good as each other. And that's how we were brought up. And oh. that's how... What a magnificent that, woman she is. I know. And then uh, when we went to Belfast, it's completely different. Children are taught to hate the other. Oh. And it's, it's instilled in them by the parents. I saw this. I was 18. I could see it. Children are, don't grow up to hate people. They just no, don't. And that, but they the, shouldn't be told about hate. But this clergyman, I'm he came and said, good morning. And I said, oh, come on in. But she said, I'm a Catholic. And his face dropped. And he stood still for a while. And mother said, oh, you come in. He said, I've never been inside a Catholic home. He was a Presbyterian clergyman. My and she said, oh, is that right? Because we didn't know anything about what was going on there. We'd just come there from England, you see. Yeah. And he, he did go in. And he he talked, and and they became friends. And he, when my father died, my father died young. He yeah. helped mommy, and it, and I think he thought it, it changed him a bit. But we were the only Catholics in the area. Did you get? Did word get around? Like, did it become well, uncomfortable, or did people? No, did, did your did your niceness well, and your openness? We were all right. We, we we don't have tail, tails on, and we we're very educated people. And I think it brought home to these people that how stupid it all was. I, the younger generation don't agree with that at all, my dear. And mm. I brought my children up to treat everyone like. But I wouldn't go. Uh, Jim and I wanted. He wanted to. Um, to, to it was very difficult in England when we married. Mm. The war hadn't been over that long. You see. Mm. World well, War II. We got. We got. To, Married in England, mm. and we oh, sorry in Belfast, and then we went to, and got a job, and then he said, "Look, I, there's not much future here. Uh, I think we'll go." Because England, England wasn't well, in England. It was only stash. just over the war, yeah, really, yeah. and we only know now that it was nearly being going to be. We didn't. No one knew how close we were to having the Germans come and, and invade. Uh, that darkest hour will give you a good idea of it. It's exactly... Oh, the movie. Yeah, yes. I saw it recently. And that speech he made, I heard. It brought, I was really in tears. I heard that speech. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. 
We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation. When I was, I think, nearly seven years old, because he, my father was, we heard that speech over the radio. Wow. And it just brought it back. I remember he hearing it. So you just remember hearing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. That because he had a wonderful speech. We'll fight them in the thing. We'll fight them. He was them so on theatrical, wasn't yeah. he? And that's what he was really like. The, the person that acted was fantastic. But that's what Churchill was really like. He was a very over. But I'd always had a lot of time for me. These wonderful speeches. Mm. But anyway, I only recently saw that film, and uh, and uh, it was interesting. And another thing, my father's it must be weird listening to a speech like that, and and having lived that, and, yes. and so much time has passed. Yes. It's like you know, people talk about you know music bringing you know back memories or taking you back to a time, or even smells and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It must feel it must feel like you're time traveling a little when yeah, you it, some, it, you know. Well, I'm like also that. I saw that film, and another thing, Jim's father, that's my husband's father, yeah. uh, was, went to, what you call, to the beaches, what do you call it? The annihilation of our army and imminent invasion. We must negotiate peace talks. When will the lesson be learned? You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth! Nonsense. The only slippery slope. Would you stop interrupting me while I am interrupting you? We have before us Many, many long months of struggle and suffering. Actually, I only heard from the darkest hour that there 300,000 soldiers were saved and brought to England that would have been wow. in, drowned in the sea. Wow. See, the Germans were pushing them into the sea. Oh, my goodness. So he, was, he went over. He was one of the things that went over, actually, and saved them. Yeah, he was like the crew and the thing, yeah. Let's go to Africa. We had a wonderful offer of a job in Africa. Uh, with, with, uh, at Rhodesia, it was then. And I said, no, no. And he said, why not? I said, because it's like India. I knew we shouldn't be there. You see, I was, even at 12, I knew it wasn't our country. It was the Indians' country. Oh, and I we see. were ruling them. Yes, I knew that yes. wasn't right. I said, I'm not going to Africa. I've done that once. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to Africa. That, that's Africa for Africans, and I think eventually we'll, they'll be thrown out, they'll have to go. So he said, well, where will you go? And I said, I'll go to, Aus to Australia, New Zealand, or Canada. They're the old British things. And he said, Canada? No, Anne. I said, oh, well, I'd hoped that would be the best because it's the closest to England, you know, with your family. And he said, no, I went there, and what will happen is, because I'm a doctor, they'll send me to the coldest places when oh, you come. Course. You know, right. he was qualified doctor at this stage, you see. So we, we chose, it was between New Zealand, and he knew a lot of New Zealanders and Australians through rugby. He was a good rugby player. Mm. Universities used to play each other, you see. Right. And so he, he was a... He had some connections. He had some connect there. So we ended up in Australia as £10 palms. 
1956. And what on earth did you make of Australia at well, that I, time I, when you arrived and then certainly, well, no disrespect, but end up out in the country well, where it's I pretty... I it was so British. I said to my mother... Did you? I, someone, I was talking to someone, she said, I'm going home next year. And I said, oh, you're, you're English. She said, no, my grandmother was. That's how British it was. Right. They called England home. Yeah, it's hard to imagine now because we have such a multicultural society that oh, it, it must have felt... People yeah. that came out with us were Dutch Right. in the ship. Okay. A lot of Dutch migrants. A lot of Dutch migrants. Yes. And Italians also came out at the same okay. time, but not in our ship. But they did. Italians were coming out well, at coming, that time too. Coming from a different direction. Yeah, yeah. They were coming, because, after the war too, yes. Mm-hmm. But they were coming mm-hmm. in different ships. And right. It was so all ships then, you see. Yes. So you had ships. So you were on there with a lot of Dutch people, yes. but predominantly English people. Yeah, we were half and half, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. God, because you don't really, I don't meet that many. They made actually, watch, and they'd watch wonderful migrants, the Dutch. Because they, they were mixed hard, straight away. You don't see, they haven't kept to themselves. They've mixed in and... Well, that's what English. I was going to say. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny saying that. I was just about to say, you don't... You don't I don't feel like you come across as, as many Dutch people as you do, obviously, sort of people... No, there were much fewer of them, much fewer of them. But kept. saying that, my, mm. my, um, my uncle's family were Dutch and they must have been, you know, yeah, uh, right. at that same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Italians, more Italians than anyone else, I think. At that station, they changed our eating mm-hmm. and we went to Echuca. Eventually, we went to Echuca mm. and um, Jim has, was a specialist, but you can't, well, you'd know, you couldn't specialise... Uh, because you, people who went to university would send you work if you're a specialist. So he he, he did GP in, in thing. He was an obstetrician and gynaecologist. He could operate and do anything. But anyway, look, the the death rate of babies went down. He was able to do seizures. He did a lot. Well, of I was I was really interested in that because I knew that you had um, I knew that you'd married a doctor. I knew you'd lived in in Echuca. and. So the sort of things that I was thinking about uh, very much around what your life must have been like was firstly, you know, doctors back in, in, in the time that you would have been, you know, the young wife of mm-hmm. the, the, the doctor was, you know, the, the social you, well, standing. We, yeah, social standing was great, but the money wasn't, let me tell you. Is that right? We came out, my, people can't believe it now, we came out, I came out with my husband and a nine-month-old daughter. Mm. And, she, she, wow. and, she, and we had 30 pounds. And the Gosh. clothes we stood in. Why were doctors not paid more? Well, but they, in England they weren't. It they was weren't. all the war. No one was paid. Much. No one. Right. No one. You see. Okay. There just wasn't. It wasn't money. the money. No, that's not right. about placing exactly. the value on what no, someone. It was no. just it's like there's only so no. much to go around. That's right. And we we did that, and we worked hard. Everyone that came up, most of the people on the ship would have had very little money. All those migrants came out to make a new life. Mm. And will you hear that uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of Jewish people, that's how they came out because of the Holocaust. Mm. Um, mm. My father actually was sent to Germany and he saw the people at the end of the war. That's one of the, they used a lot of ordinary soldiers, even those veterinary soldiers, they were shorter people. Mm. And he saw these awful things, how the, the people, you know, half dead and when they mm. released them, he was in, involved in that. So people, none of the young realise, my daughter does not realise we, I never had a lot of money, but mm. we did well. We worked then and we did quite well. Mm. But mm. my husband used to come out and say, there's no Medicare, don't charge those, Anne. And I'd say, he said, they've no money, they've dirt floors. And this was true. See, there was no Medicare, even the Australian That's people, what we, that's what I take everything for granted. 100%. Now. And I actually spoke to uh, Helen Gray, um, mm. lovely woman that lives here. And she reminded me that there was no Medicare and you didn't no. get, people didn't pay for 
We've forgotten that. I believe most most sort of younger Australians yes, have right. forgotten well, Jim that. Used to say, we can't know, imagine what and, that and would be so like. And so we had a lot of farmers and they got their wool check twice mm. a year mm. and they thought it was fine to pay us twice a year <laughs> when they got their wool check. But we we pushed that a bit because, I mean, we had to pay accounts and do, do things. And uh, so it was funny. No, but the, and but So there was social standing but there wasn't the pay. That, that bank mm. manager's... And the doctors were highly thought of. That's right, isn't that? Isn't that? Um, people used to come to Jim, and he was hopeless at having a money. He'd say, "Do you think I should do this, doc?" Or do you? I'll tell you, the first person he came to, he came to see Jim. They said, he loved the Australian language. It's gone now. He said, "This late man came in today," and I said, "Oh yeah," and I said, he's, "I said, how are you?" I'm absolutely crook, doc. He said, doesn't that describe it? And it does, doesn't it? It does. You don't hear it now. Do you know what's so funny? I was going to say, what do you mean by the Australian language? I'm thinking... And Sheila's? Yes, Sheila's. Bonza? They don't say, hi, guys, g'day. How did that... It's all gone because of the American television. I can understand how it's gone, and some of it I think is a shame that it's gone, and other parts of it I think, thank goodness, it has gone. But I think that we've got a lot of... Speaking of Americanisms... You know, yeah, young, I'd rather have the Aussies. Well, well, well. What I what I see um, is a hugely American thing that you know. I work. I've worked in the last couple of years with a lot of young, you know, millennials, yeah. and I love them to bits. But um, one of the things that I cannot stand is the way that they all. And actually, I'm I'm caring for an eight year old at the moment, and she does the same. And where they say something, and they say, "Right, I know, right, I know, right." <laughs> it's like. Don't pretend that's always been here. Mm. It hasn't. It's blatantly no. American. It sounds idiotic. It is American. It is very I, American. I cannot stand it. Yeah. But you're right. Things like, you know, you know, Sheila's. You never hear Sheila's. But no. when I, even shortly before I came down here, I came in 15 years ago now. I've been, <laughs> people used to say, good day. Always. I, when yeah, I walked, yeah. I'd say, good day. They, they don't so much anymore, do they? It's hi. Hi, guys. Or hi, something. Yeah, or, yeah. They don't. Hey. It's also hey, which is very American. <laughs> So Jim, he said that he thought that was really sad, and he loved the one of the first Australian town things we heard. Uh, oh yes, in England too, when they marched, they used to play waltzing Matilda when the soldiers went by. They were their slight chats, and Jim said when they wanted to get, to get rid of the national anthem, he thought they should have more And lots of people did. A lot did. of people did. Because it was so... In Italy, when we went on holiday... They used to play, if we were, they knew we were Australians, they'd play Walsing Matilda, the people. Or, that's yeah. regular. It seemed to me, well, like an Aussie waltz, you know. It was, yeah. And, and, and everyone, and everyone uh, you know, I, I remember me growing up, you know, too. Mm. Of course, we had our anthem, but that was very yeah. much about the Queen and lots yeah, of people were right. patriotic about yeah. it. But Walsing yeah. Matilda yeah, was, was our song. Really, wasn't it? And it was recognised all, all over the world. That's and right. if people wanted to acknowledge you in an affectionate <laughs> way, that's the song well, they would choose. They wouldn't. Start the of the colour. I'll never forget you. The mm. trooping of the colour. Yeah. The Aussies went by. Waltzing Matilda yeah. was played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's being forgotten about a little bit. And I think it's a bit sad because, you know, one of I my favourite national anthems is the French. 
Marseillaise. Oh, it stirs you. And that happened. That really is real. Yeah. It wasn't chosen. No, and and we'll see with children, it was real. Yeah. It wasn't chosen. It was part of, you know, the culture. That's and I think that's sad. It's gone a bit. With utmost respect, I am interrupting this beautiful conversation now for a moment to thank my sponsors, Freedom Aged Care. So when I decided to do this podcast series, which really came from a genuine place of feeling like the one generation in our society being talked about the least was actually the one we needed to be listening to because these people have lived so much. So I decided to give an aged care company a go and I chose one that I'd explored during my search to find somewhere for my dad to live. And I instantly loved what Freedom appeared to be about, which was celebrating the lives of their residents, but doing it with a really joyful touch. And I contacted a guy called Craig Flett, who's one of the family members involved with Freedom Age Care, a guy I'd never met. And in an email, I poured my heart out on why I wanted to do this series. And to my great surprise, he instantly said he wanted to get on board. As he put it, Freedom's residents have together lived a million years of life, a fact that the company is really intensely proud of. So it's become a really beautiful, authentic union, and it's allowed me to get paid for what I love doing, and for them, hopefully, it highlights their commitment to honouring the people who have led long, brave and interesting lives, and people who deserve not to be forgotten. So now, back to my wonderful guest. So just going back to you um, and Jim coming over um, as your ten pound poms on the on the ship. Yeah. I know that um, my nana and um, she had six sisters, so she was the seventh, and then they had a son, uh, they had a, a brother who did, um, died when he was young. So they all, all up, I think there was eight of them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, some of the girls, and my nana was the youngest, she came over, my nana would be a hundred or so um, if she was still alive, mm-hmm. but they came over on the on, on the 10 pound pom, you know, ship mm-hmm. thing. And there was a woman, and just going back to how, well, well, acknowledging how different medicine is today yeah, and yeah. what, um, you know, you and Jim would have experienced being part of, um, you know, uh, you know, looking after people and um, is that, you know, a lot of babies and children died. Um, right, and yeah. so when my nana and her sisters uh, were on that boat, um, there was a woman on that was about to get on yeah. and she wasn't well and she said... Um, can you please take my baby and I'll organise her to be um, collected at the other end in Australia. And while the ship, you know, during that time, and I can't remember, like how long did it take you? It took uh, us just over about five weeks. Okay, right. It would have been the same. It might have been six. I think it would have taken us four if we didn't go through the Suez Canal Uh and we didn't and I think it was six. Yeah. Yeah. So we went through Africa, you see, it's not around Africa. So anyway, so that baby then died, obviously, you know, Mm. whatever it had Mm. um, and maybe she, you know, who knows, the mother may have sort of known and hoped that that baby um, survived and had a new life, you know, on the other end. Who knows? But they had to throw the baby overboard because, you know, whatever the baby had, you know, you can't probably go right through the ship. Correct, and you yeah. you couldn't uh, yeah. risk things like that. Yeah. Um, what what I think is interesting, I, I guess, being sort of you know um, involved in that world is death. You know, there was a lot. There must have been a lot more experience of death 
for your generation well, because people didn't make it. So you had yeah. to support each other and you had to have yeah. conversations around losing, whether it was baby they or... Didn't. My mother now. Did they My mother lived to 95. She came mm. out from after I'd come out. Yeah. And so I've got no family over there now. But she lived to 95 and she died, um, oh, I suppose, 10 years ago. I don't know. But she... She was um, never wanted to talk about death. You see, I, that's another thing. So it happened a lot around them. It happened a lot more in their lives. But people didn't talk. No, they didn't talk about the war. No one talked about the war. None of them. They got on when they came back. My husband looked after lots of people that had been on the Burma Railway. That was a lot of the soldiers. Mm. And he got to know a lot of them. They survived. Mm. And he he looked after them. And uh, they never talked about it. Mm. That's one thing. Everyone has to have their say now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether they're self or not. I don't know. Well, it, and, that, and that's what I am exploring a little bit too oh, with this yes. series because, um, you know, I, I, I did, you know, when I was thinking about wanting to do a series and talking to people of your generation and just conscious that there was so much talk about millennials and every other sort of yeah. generation, but largely at the moment millennials, and very little talk about, you know, your generation. There's no counselling, let's put it that way. That's the big there, thing there was we no don't counseling. have on anything. No, no counselling no, of and, any and, kind. And, absolutely. and now you get counsels for everything. You get counsel when other people die. Yeah, yeah. That, this was completely alien to us. But I thought, so I realised that you didn't talk about your... I, I realised you didn't talk about your emotions a lot. I realised you didn't talk about, you know, a lot of the men and women um, who were in the war didn't talk about that. I realised that the you know your parents were dealing with the Great Depression and they didn't talk about how tough it was financially no, and all other things. Actually. They thought about forgetting food and kind of things. They, you see, you thought about really important things. That's right. It's yeah, the yeah. urgency mm. is now. That's right. How yeah. are we? Yeah. We're, we're, how are we going to feed the kids? How are we going to sort exactly. of survive? Yeah. But I just wondered whether you had a different process because if 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 babies and children, if you're if you're affected or you know people that that are having a death way more than we do now because we've got all this medicine that again can be wonderful because it can there's a whole lot of diseases that you know young children and people don't get and we don't die as much but we're also dragging people back from the brink of death Mm. um and you know i saw this happen with my nana when she was dying that you know that she did get dragged back from the brink about three times Mm. and my concern and sense i guess my heart felt like why are we doing this yeah oh. i agree with you and i've written i've i've written on my thing will have you i have because i think it's so important to I've say seen, at what point it, are yeah, you saying son, don't my son actually is a doctor my oh, young, but my father husband never right. lived long enough to know it, it was so sad he's oh, the last child he he went he he um died before Christmas, and Tim got his, he was at Melbourne, he got his um, results after Christmas in those days. No. No, and so, so uh, you know, there we are, you know, it's... A, it's um, so, we, so when you say, and, and please, if it's not my business, tell me to um, bugger off, but, you know, in terms of your will... Um, oh, my will, I made it because uh, my sis- sister-in-law... Was the family argued over it? Because we don't have end of life d- discussions very well. No, no. These she, days. That's my yeah, when I, uh, as a family, we've talked about everything. I think because That's my so husband was a great. doctor and I was a nurse, we've talked about things like that much more than most people. I know he, that. And is that because you, um, part of your whole life and part of your kind of role in society and, and in the world was the. It, the end of life conversations and and health well, conversations. I did that because I saw what happened to to other people and to my mother. My mother wouldn't discuss it. 
at all. She didn't want to. And so you, you can't make people. No, and so no. I, we left her to that. Um, but I saw my sister, this happened like two years ago only. My, um, but I, I've, I've watched this because being a nurse, you see, I've seen course, people die. They it. bring people back these days. It didn't happen in our day. No. You were let die. Yeah. And my son-in-law, I've got a son-in-law who's a doctor in Melbourne now. Mm. He used to work for my husband when he died. He was he was in the Duke for years. Yeah. My son-in-law. He says, and people want to keep their family alive. And I say to them, he says to them, look. She's had a good life. These are people in their 80s. Mm, mm. She might be a vegetable if you bring her around. That's but right. This lady, they would not listen, the family. They argued and fought. And she was brought round, and she was absolute <sighs> idiot. She screamed and yelled, and they couldn't find anywhere to keep her. Eventually, she died. And to me, that I had already written something, but I was even I brought it up again. And I said, my son-in-law, my, da- my daughter's a nurse. <laughs> so we've got teachers and nurses. They're everywhere. And she doesn't want to make the decision, but Tim knows that if I, I mean, if I have a stroke now, and it's only a small stroke, obviously I would yes. like to be brought round, yeah. but I don't want to live the rest of my life in a, 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 in a thing not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. I just don't want it. No. And I made it very clear. I want to be let die. Well, she didn't, and she died about six months later, but she was moved from pillar to post because mm-hmm. she's screaming all the time and they wouldn't let her in any room. It was... It was tragic and but, there was no need for it. But this but I think this is this is the real concern in society at the moment is that I think because we're we're so removed from um you know, we're, we're so far away from World War One, World War Two. That's right. We don't we're, see death as much. That's right. And we have lost, um, we have lost uh, our understanding of how to deal with with death. I think so. A bit. For ourselves, yes, and um, yeah. we have we haven't we don't encourage the conversations with other people about ourselves. What if you know? What if happens tomorrow? This yes, happens well, I have with my whole family, and I've and, made it clear. And we don't have them with our elderly parents, no, or right. you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. And that is such a huge concern. Sad. I think it's a bit sad, really, because, too. Because my son-in-law says he argues with sometimes when the families won't agree. Yeah. Now, what, what life do you think she's going to have? These are people. He's right. I'm not doing this, but these are middle eighties, some of them, yeah. and they still want that's, them brought round. That. And I really found when my nana was dying, I was really conscious. I thought, nobody. I don't want to say that my nana isn't alive anymore. I just don't want to say that, but. Mm. If that's what it is down to, mm. by me going, okay, well, I'd rather she was still around than not around so I can still know that my nana is still in, in the world in the physical form, then that's not enough. Mm. Because if she's going to be sitting there... I, th- I think also... My mother died, you know. Mm. I had to, I was... I was came from Machuca by then. I was down here, and I went to see her. This she was in a nursing home, and the sad thing was, she was a wonderfully energetic woman. She was ninety five when she died, mm, and she um, knew what was going on. She was in this nursing home. And she hated it. She hated it. She said, "Anne, no one here knows of the Arthur or Martha." But she got macular degeneration, which wasn't known anything about it in that time, oh, gosh. and she lost her sight. She set fire to the kitchen where she was. Well, not badly, but she thought she'd turned the gas off and she hadn't. So anyway, she ended up in there and she absolutely hated it. This actually had an influence on me. She absolutely hated it. Well, she, I was visiting her. Hated life she wanted that to, she got When she got near 95, she wanted to live to 95. So we gave her a party. She had her master. And she had a, a lot. And she loved it. And she clapped her hands. I learned from this. And said she was very good at sport. And she said, by the way, and she was blind as a bat at this stage, I was runner-up at Carpet Bowls yesterday, 95. Oh, and I realised then, it was very good. Oh, I realised you don't 
people don't realise, look, I'm old now, but I'm competitive. And I don't lose that. And she didn't lose it. And she was 95. And, you know, two day, weeks later, and my son said he's noticed this, the psychiatrist, he is psychiatry, my younger uh. son. Two weeks later, she, going to the talk, she fell. Oh, she fell. She mm, went. Mm. They found her on the ground, and so they rang my brother because I hadn't got the thing at that stage. And the the man said, the ambulance said, "Now, what do you want me to do?" And um, so my brother said, "Well, you know," he said, "Well, I don't think she's." He did. He thought it was ridiculous that, but he had, he was called because they had to call him. Mm. But anyway, so she said, he, he said, "She's what age? Ninety-five. And he said, "You've got to die sometime." I think that's what people Absolutely. have got to realise. So they, look, she'd had a pretty good life, and she wasn't happy. The last few years, no, she was not happy. So we were all I, pleased to let her die, and she, we let her die. Of course, and yeah. I think that's what we've got to understand. That I people, so. people are ready. You can't to, go on forever. No, no, you can't. Um, given how many times you would have been probably around a deathbed... Or I have been. I was the one always... My daughter's sister didn't always want to go, mm. or the family, but I did mm. because... I, look, people... I'm pretty religious, not in a ridiculous way. Mm. To me, I've seen dead bodies, and I say, that's not the person. No. Their spirit's gone. Yes. I really believe that. They're different. You look at it. Even yeah. my mother, I went to see her when we had the funeral, and that's not you, Mum. You're not yeah, there. You've gone. You're gone. I believe she's gone to heaven. This is the way I do the I've, I've heard nurses say that they can almost see, almost like a shadow, when the spirit leaves. Yeah, you can leaves. see it's just a different. They become different. I've seen my husband die. Mm. It was one of the scientists. That would things. have been yeah. and so they, hard. It was. Well, they tried to bring him around. My sister was visiting me from Ireland at the time. My sister's a very tra trained. She's got a midwifery and she's done everything else. And she tried, and I thought, my God, I wonder, he, it was a bad thing, very bad... Um, uh, um, How he ended? Uh, heart attack was uh, a bad one. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, my God, he'd hate being vegetable. But as, as it mm. was, he, he didn't come round. Mm. But uh, it was we were in a different, difficult quandary at the time because he was only 54 when he died. Oh, <gasps> that's, that's almost the exact date that my, uh, that age that my, um, and so, my nana lost her husband, my, well, she, my great... Well, well, grandfather, I never met I, him. A lot of his friends died and it's young. young. They'd been in the war. Mm. I think it affected them a bit. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Look, I He don't died know. of a massive heart attack he as did. well. He did. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think the most important thing... I've just... We've got to finish up now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been fascinating talking to you and it feels like it's gone in 30 seconds. What do you think? Because I do think that, um, that... And I'm actually... And I actually just don't want to talk about it at the moment because I'll start crying. But I'm in the process of losing someone very important to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm very interested in knowing the important things to be aware of for a person, to be there for a person when they know that they're dying and, and it's the last stages. What a Well, I think the important thing is, because my son actually has worked at Carriage Christie where people are dying, you do that with cigar. Uh, yeah. I think it's to let them know they can talk to you. A lot uh -huh. of people want to talk. Yeah. But they're frightened to upset family. That's... In yes. other words, oh, look, we're going to miss you or sing. Let, let them know you, you want to talk to them. Yeah. I do think. And then if they want to talk, they, if they want to shut up, they'll let you know. They won't go any further. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but it's things like, you've had a wonderful life and, you mm. know, and mm. things like this. And then mostly I've found people really do want to talk. 
Yeah. I've, but another thing I've found That's is a beautiful that the thing family, to know. Uh, like I've go, I've, uh, I, someone said to me, I go up to people now having been through it because people avoid you when they see you've lost someone. Of course, that's And that's correct. very wrong. Absolutely. See, I've noticed it because it's happened to me. But yeah. I go straight up to the people, oh, I'm so sorry. And look, people always want to talk. Yeah. People avoid you. You can see it. Because it's you died, people avoid they, they were embarrassed. Mm, so mm. they didn't want to come to you. And, and so I go to people's homes now. In Nechuka I did. I went because I learned from that. And I've gone to the door and I've taken food. I won't take flowers. I take food. Mm. And uh, they say, I'm saying, look, this. And they say, would you like to come? And I said, well, do you want me to? And they said, yes, we'll, uh, I'll go and see what my they someone says. And they mostly want they? you to. And, and I found uh, the people that did call, I was so happy because I could talk about it. And yeah. do it. So I think it's the same with when you're dying. People talk, my her son said, they talk to him, but they don't. I can't talk to my family. I'm frightened of upsetting them. Mm. Because there's a kind of silence thing mm-hmm. that, that over death of it. Well, yeah, and, and thank you because that's actually huge wisdom for me to know because at the moment, and it's I, I only found out on Sunday night, well, the sad, bad news, yeah. yeah. So I'm sort of in that yeah, awful kind of mode. My sister actually's dying at the moment too. Oh, really? Yeah, she's my younger sister. Oh. She's had cancer. She's in Hobart. I've been over oh, there to so see sorry. And she's very... Very good mm, at the it's, moment, it's, so I know exactly. But we do. Very tough. She does. She doesn't talk about it, but I let her talk about what she wants to talk about. Yes. But I do ask her how she is, and she and and say you you, you look good. When I went over, because we're very close, only a year between us, we were oh, like twins actually. Gosh, so gosh, it's gosh. been sad now. But I do think that people avoid. I once said to someone playing golf, "Oh look, I'm." They were playing with me. Oh, I'm so sorry. You, you know, do you hear? And this lady turned to me down down the phone and said. You're, you've no tact. Imagine oh. bringing that up. That's what she said. I said, I'm sorry, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been through it and I... Oh. And the lady talk, came afterwards and talked a bit more about it, but she of wouldn't course. have talked to her. But she said that to me. You said, oh, um, that's yeah. crazy, isn't it? No. See, I think it's, uh, it's funny, isn't it? It's... Um, Mm. It is, yeah. Mm. Thank you. Not at all. What a lovely, what, how lovely to talk to you after your big milestone 24 hours <laughs> later. My God, if I look like you and I'm sharp as you at 85. I have got extraordinary. Good. My jeans. You've I've got taken some. Out to my well, mother. you've literally got jeans on, but you've obviously <laughs> got my jeans for my mother. I'd like to thank Freedom Age Care for introducing me to some of its wonderful residents for this series who together have lived a million years of life. To find out more about Freedom Age Care, head to freedomagecare.com.au.